and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. This is our 454th show of ROI. And today, our guests are Brett Menard, Terry Topler, and yours truly. And we're going to be talking about a lit circle about the tyranny of merit by Michael Sandel. The history buffs are Brett and Terry, as you might guess. The show's theme song is Kayla's Theme, written and performed by Mark Sapsapital. And our producer and engineer, as always, is Dave Baker. So I'm going to start out kind of just talking about giving a synopsis of the book so that you can kind of be um, aware of what the second and third segments are going to be like. This, uh, what we have been doing uh, for a number of years, it started out at West High School as uh, part of a teacher quality initiative by the state where you could get uh, some money if you were discussing books and then taking that material and applying it to classroom teaching. And so we've done a number of these. We started actually with Sandel's first published book that was a bestseller, I guess, which was called Justice. And we kind of went from there and we did some other interesting things. Maybe the most interesting to, to get approved was Asshole, A Theory, which was by a philosopher out in California who was arguing that people have become more confrontational and more willing to sort of trot on etiquette and courtesy and what we might do to change that but you know just the title created some uh some interesting conversations with um with administrators but at any rate so this is probably the sixth maybe of these that we've done up to this point and so we decided to do tyranny of merit because it dealt so much with education and the educational process so the book starts out basically laying down a case that particularly over the last 40 years um the western world the united states as well as western europe has been uh systematically changing the fundamental conversation uh, about what matters in life uh from one where um the you know the value of of work and effort are significant and where uh there should be humility um in terms of one's successes and um some appreciation for the community and and how the community allows success to to um to happen for everyone um we've been moving away from that to concepts of um merit the idea that that people's talents and abilities should determine their success alone that nothing else is involved that that nobody else is part of that it's all a function of individual effort and that um there is no need then to to have community involvement and so what you end up with is a segregation of society uh, into winners and losers and how that process takes place. So we start out talking about um, sort of precursors to this, talking about um, ideas, uh, Calvinistic ideas of um, whether or not someone is is uh, is graced by God being being at least identified, not necessarily determined, but identified by one's um, economic success or social success. 
um, which is a very Calvinistic sort of point of view, and then moving into um, evangelicalism and how that worked and, and comparing that to the older sort of grace-driven um, theologies of traditional Catholicism where, you know, it isn't... Um, where it's it's not your success in the world that determines whether you're good or bad. God determines that. That's also a Luther thing. Um, so he goes through all of that sort of theological underpinnings. And, and then from there, he moves on to more modern interpretations starting in the 19, um, really 70s and, and moving up of the idea that, that, American success as a society and as individuals takes place because we are good people. So because you're good, because you're, you're moral, because you're valuable, that then determines what success. And of course, then the opposite is equally true. If I'm successful, I must by definition be good. So there's a lot of America is great. There's a lot of, um, quotes in the book of politicians, you know, using different versions of the idea that um, America is great, successful, because we are good, because we're good people. Um, and so it's those that individual goodness, that individual drive. Um, and this, of course, plays into, Sandel talks about, you know, American individualism, and, and ultimately it plays into laissez-faire uh, capitalism. Um, you know, the idea that, that the economy shouldn't have moral indicators on it, that success is individually driven and that your moral, your, your ethical implications of the economy come in sort of after the fact. Um, and so from there, then Sandel moves on to education, which considering our book group was mostly educators. Um, then the idea that you know, how do you promote this success, this, this, um, development of the best and brightest to use a, a Kennedy term? Uh, how do you do that? Well, you do it through using, using the educational system, the public educational system to promote and to function essentially as a sorting machine. And so he talks, um, quite a bit about the use of standardized testing as a way to identify folks who should be going off to college um, and the use of then how that then filters down into um, you know classes getting rid of uh, industrial arts kinds of classes um, which don't really drive that where you know it's just kind of working class instead we want those highly abstract academic classes um that will uh that will really identify the smartest kid in the room and then ensure that that smartest kid goes off to the um ivy league or to a stanford or a harvard or a, a berkeley or whatever um to those those highly selective elite schools and then he talks about how the the flip side of that process then is if, if I'm one of the winners, great. I, I go off to these elite schools. I get these elite degrees that carry great social weight. Um, I get the best jobs. I make the most money. All of that's wonderful. But what happens to the folks who aren't selected? 
what happens to people who are um who who lose in the great sorting machine game um you know what's left for them and and he argues that not only are they losers in the sense that they don't get access to these these elite um resources and accolades but they're also losers in their own eyes because their failure is personal i'm the person who didn't make it since success is totally based on me community circumstance luck none of those things matter then my failure has to be my responsibility as well and so i am a loser and so he spends the last couple of chapters talking about things like um deaths of despair where uneducated uh white males sort of middle class males uh there's an epidemic of um suicide amongst that population um because of this because i you know not only have i lost and i'm not succeeding financially but i've also lost in my own head and i feel that way and everybody every all the messages that are coming uh are doing that um and so then he finally finishes up by making some suggestions about how we might change some of those things talking about making changes to the uh, higher ed system in terms of how you select students, um, changing tax systems in order to uh, reward people who produce rather than people who consume. He talks a bit about financial, um, the financial uh, industry and how it, it consumes, it gobbles up lots of, of uh, income, lots of money, uh, but it doesn't ever produce anything. Um, so at any rate, that kind of wraps up the book. Uh, we're going to go into this in depth in the next segment. Um, so we have a lot more to talk about. Please stay tuned. This is ROI on KLA St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. The KALA website is your one-stop spot to find out more about your favorite radio station. Submit a public service announcement, catch up on news about KALA, and listening to any of our three stations, 885-1061 or The Stinger, is just a click away. Visit KALAFM.org. That's KALAFM.org. Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. This is the second segment of the show, referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our guests for today are Brett Menard, Terry Toppler, and yours truly. And we're talking about our lit circle, uh, the tyranny of merit uh, based on the book, The Tyranny of Merit by Michael Sandel. Um, so we thought we would do this by asking each other questions or throwing questions out to the group. Uh, so Brett, I'm going to let you start us off, but we're really just going to kind of jump in and, and, um, jump on top of each other and cut each other off or whatever we need to do <laughs> in order to, uh, give folks a sense of how this really worked for us. Well, so one thing that Sandel talks a lot about in his book is the sense of disillusionment um, and how this system really makes nearly everyone suffer. So your low achievers, 
suffer because they don't have any of the social capital they might have once had. Uh, and your high achievers live in constant fear of not being good enough. So you have your high achievers who have to participate in 17 clubs because if they only participate in 16, they might not get into their top university choice and that would ruin them for the rest of their lives. So Terry and Jay, I was wondering what you make of that. If you think it really is as bad for everyone as Sandell seems to suggest, or um, if the pain is more focused in one direction or the other. Terry, I'll let you start with that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I can. I would say that, yes, it's, the problem is that it has polarized our political discussions. Um, you know, we ask the question, what happened? What went wrong? You know, why are we no longer a community? Or if we are a community, why can we not have a civil conversation? You know, why can't the president of the United States, you know, give his um, address without being interrupted? I mean, what happened to civility? Even though we might have different ideas on how to get to the same place, you know, we are all Americans. And so my feeling on that is, yes, it's uh, affected everybody. Everyone has suffered. And so I will begin another question is, so what is the meaning of success? And how did we get to the point where money seems to be the measure of success for people rather than the common good? Well, and, and I'm going to chime in on, on Brett's original question because I think Sandel makes a pretty powerful argument that, that everybody loses, that there really is no good. Um, Brett and I, as, as gifted and talented teachers, um, are certainly aware of the amount of pressure that is piling up on people going uh, off to college. Um, depression rates, anxiety rates, suicide rates amongst college students who are very successful amongst folks that we would call gifted by whatever measure that is is used are at all-time highs they're you know in some cases they've they've gone up 50 percent in the last decade and a half at the other end we have sindel talking about you know these sort of middle-aged white males usually rural and off and and uneducated non-college educated who are also suicide rates um are through the roof so everybody is everybody is feeling the the pressure here and i was particularly taken by the idea that because of the way this the educational system works the sorting box system works um if i'm particularly if i'm a, a rural uh individual if i'm kinesthetically driven or I'm linear driven, this abstract uh, curriculum doesn't really work very well for me. I fail at school and so I don't get the opportunities to go uh, advanced socially and so I feel trapped and, and unappreciated and, and whatever. But if my kid in particular does succeed and goes off to those elite schools and gets those credentials and all the rest of that, they don't come back home. They don't come back to the small town and contribute to the to the community that I live in. So even when my kids win, I lose as a parent. 
Um, you know, and it seems to me that, that that's just really tough. You know, I, I do, you, you'd start to understand reading Sandel why folks got angry at a system that seems to be stacked against them in whatever direction you turn. So Terry, can you repeat your question? Um, and then I'll tackle it. Okay, so it had to do with the meaning of success. You know, we've gotten to the point where success is determined, at least in my view, in this country now, that it's about money, how much a person makes. That is the measure of their contribution. And it's not about contributing to the common good. So uh, how do we change that to show that all labor has dignity? I don't know that... Sandel really offers, in my mind, a satisfactory answer. I think there are some some things that could help with um, acknowledging the role of luck so people don't feel like um, they are the sole uh, determinant of anything that happens to them in life, but when we think of things like the common good, um, I think that includes concepts that are a little outside of what he was tackling. Because you have an idea of merit, and then you have this decrease in a sense of community that's happened in the United States um, over the past 50 to 70 years. Um, so I, I think there, that there's not really a great answer to your question, Terry, in Sandel's book. But, Jay, uh, do you disagree? Or? I think it's – I think the, the problem is that at this point, and, and my wife and I were having this conversation, and she points out, you know, one of the problems is that, that – we have to an extent that that may be unprecedented. We have an echo chamber situation within our culture where my ideas are constantly echoed back to me and I have software programs that are ensuring that that happens, that are watching the kinds of things that I'm looking at on social or uh, on the internet and the sort of conversations I'm having on social media and reading that and then feeding me what it thinks I already want. And so, you know, part of the, the thing that Terry's lamenting is this idea of being able to, to listen to alternate viewpoints, to be able to, to have a civil discourse. Man, I think that's off. That's getting harder and harder to do because we're constantly being told in, in the way that we get our information most frequently that the ideas we had are right because that's the only information we're hearing. And unless you actively work against that, you just constantly get this reinforcement situation. And I know in the past we had that to some extent in small communities, uh, whether you're talking about small town rural America or whether you're talking about uh, ethnic enclaves in bigger cities, you always had a little bit of that, but I don't know that we've ever had it to the extent that we have. 
And to fix that problem, I think we're going to have to start challenging the ways that we use social media. And, and that could be a tough conversation for particularly younger generations who have really become dependent on those methods of gathering uh, information. Um, I have a question for you guys. Uh, one of the things that really struck me with Sandel was the fact that that education has played such a part in this fragmentation, in this sorting machine of winners and losers. Um, as we know, particularly here in Iowa, education is very much under attack, um, from uh, particularly from the right, but I think from from lots of directions. If if we're really honest. Um, Sandel seems to make a pretty cogent argument that that we sort of deserve a little bit of what we got. And and by we, I'm not talking about teachers. I'm talking about the educational system. And unfortunately, the face of the educational system for the vast majority of people is the teacher. And so teachers, I think, find themselves um, under assault for things that 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 they really aren't complicit in because you're you're what I can get at. I, I can't easily get access to the superintendent or the Department of Ed, but by God, I can get access to you. What do you think of this idea that, that education is maybe, maybe reaping to some extent what it's sowed for the last 40 years? So I think that there's a lot to that, and um, your earlier comment made me uh, think that one of the things, one of the ways this plays into this particular social ill is because people are so upset about this system, it makes it easier to um, not listen to ex experts in any given field. So I think there's an interesting interplay between um, Sandel's ideas about uh, the effects of a quote-unquote merit-based system and how the um, losers rebel against it, the losers within that system rebel against it. And I think that might be part of why we're seeing such a... Um, lack of respect for subject matter experts. Yeah, and, and I'm going to let Terry answer as well here, but I want to jump in because I was stunned. Um, if, you're a, if you're a sports fan, uh, Kyrie Irving, who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, has not played in any home games this year because Brooklyn has, or because New York City has a uh, vaccination mandate. If you're an employee of, of, the, you know, of the city and, and the basketball team is part of that, um, then you have to be vaccinated. He refuses to be vaccinated. And at one point here, within the last couple of weeks, he is quoted as having said that I'm not interested in hearing the science. This is how I feel. And I think that kind of goes to what you're saying. He's basically saying, you know, don't give me, don't go give me the facts. Don't, don't throw experts at me because I don't care what they, you know, what the facts are. This is how I feel. I'm not going to do that. And man, it's it's pretty tough to argue with that. <laughs> okay, so Terry, how do you feel about all of that? Well, I think in regards 
to the very beginning when you gave a very nice overview about what has changed in our country over the last 40 years and that the U.S. has systematically changed the conversation of what matters in life. And education is a reflection of societal values. Um, and because we've embraced a meritocratic ideal, we are now reaping the results of that. What we have forgotten is first, you know, we need to relook at the role of college. Two-thirds of Americans do not have a college degree. So it is folly to create an American economy that makes university diploma a necessary condition for dignity and a decent life. And so we've kind of fallen into that trap. I mean, perhaps it even goes back to the Horatio Alger story, you know, where everybody can lift themselves up by their bootstraps. But we know that we don't all start at the same point, you know, because of where we're born or geographical location and so forth and so on. Um, That also influences our starting point. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's really education is just a reflection of what currently is existing in society. Right. Um, Brett, you get the next question. So how do we get people who um, did not go in, who did not go to college, uh, to engage with the ideas in this book? If they look at it and see the author's a Harvard professor, (laughs) I, I have a sense that that would be enough for many of them to make them uh, refuse to read it, even though they might agree with the vast majority of what he has to say. So how do we get this conversation uh, and and these ideas into the hands of people uh, who might not otherwise encounter them? You know, I think Sandel gives us a, 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 a starting point at least. Um, he wants to have uncomfortable public discussions. Um, and, and he puts his money where his mouth is because the, the guy, I mean, yeah, he teaches at Harvard and that's elitism on a grand scale, but he also spends a lot of time touring around the country and everywhere he tours to, um, he is having seminars, um, and and engaging people in these conversations and trying to to sort of show that you can you can confront difficult questions in a way that is respectful and thoughtful and thought provoking, um, and I think that that's part of that process. I think you're going to have to start having conversations. Um, that are particularly uncomfortable for those of us who who are part of the elite. And if you've got a college degree, by definition, to some extent, you fall in that category. Um, and even more importantly, those of us who see ourselves politically on the left, um, or at least center left, um, we're going to have to to eat some crow here, I think, in order to win some credibility. We're going to have to understand um, one of our fellow history buffs, um, Rick Sweet, has spent a good chunk of his life talking about the value and and the p- 
potential opportunities that are involved in being a mechanic, in working in the mining industries, in working in trades and so forth and so on. Um, and we, we meaning us, you know, folks kind of on the left, we have bought into the Bill Gates concept of everybody has to have a college degree. We sell it to our kids. We push our kids. We discourage our kids if they show any inclination toward those, uh, those dirty, um, trade jobs, you know, where, where you, you you come home and you can't get all the, uh, the grease or whatever off your hands. It's kind of permanently stained. We discourage our kids at doing those things. And, and yet that is to a great extent, the majority of us. Um, and so we're going to have to be a little bit more accepting and a little bit more appreciative. I think that's where you get ultimately, you get people to start having this conversation about this book is first of all, you're going to have to own up that you've been treating me bad for a long time. And, and that needs to change. Terry, what do you think? I agree. Uh, we cannot change what we don't acknowledge. And it begins, like you said, with conversation to acknowledge where we're at in society and how we got to this point and then what we need to do differently. And I think one of the things that has changed for us uh, are circumstances uh, surrounding the pandemic, where it helped us to see who are the essential workers in our society. And often, they are people that are not paid well. And yet, we need to bring their pay and their recognition into a better alignment with the importance of their work. Um, He does a wonderful TED Talk uh, that anyone can listen to. They can just Google his name and look at the TED Talk, and I think that'll open up conversation for many people. And then lastly, I just want to mention, um, because he also uh, refers to Martin Luther King Jr., you know, in the quote that that says, the person who picks up our garbage is, in the final analysis, as significant as the physician, because if he doesn't do his job, diseases are rampant. And so I think that might be actually a discussion starter on how all labor does have dignity. All right. Well, we have about three minutes left, so I'm going to give you each a minute and a half to answer the question, why do you think books like The Tyranny of Merit is relevant in today's world? And Brett, I'm going to let you start. Uh, So I think this has a lot to inform our current political discourse, um, and especially if Democrats want to continue to win elections. Um, I have a number of friends who are up to their eyeballs in college debt and very much want to see federal student loan uh, forgiveness. But if we take Sandel at his word, that will just deepen divisions because um, people who didn't go to college will say will have the uh, idea that oh those folks um, made a poor choice and now I have to pay for it when I didn't get any of the social uh, rewards that they got for going to college and so what if they're in uh, debt they still make more than I do so I think there's a lot uh, of this fruitful discussion and fruitful lessons for um, politicians to take from this. Okay, Terry, what do you think? Well, I think that uh, the tyranny of merit is very relevant today because 
it helps us to understand how important civic discussion, civil discussion is. And that as a country, I mean, that's what our democracy is. Isn't that what our democracy is based on? Is on those free and open conversations so that we can take what we have and make it better for all of us? Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess I'll just throw in my two cents. I think this is valuable because it it sort of, chi- at least it for me, it, it chided me uh, for some uh, assumptions that I was making that, that really probably weren't very good, that, that weren't in some cases even true, but, but certainly uh, had unintended consequences. And so, you know, I think we, all of us, always need to have our ideas challenged and and sort of be be made to kind of look at at the the assumption the basic assumptions we operate on and make sure that those assumptions are correct and if they're not correct make changes and so any book that accomplishes that i think is is uh contributing to to the the greater good um at a pretty high level and tyranny of merit certainly does that well at any rate we're going to wrap things up so please stay tuned This is ROI on KALA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. You're listening to Relevant or Irrelevant. This series is produced at St. Ambrose University's KALA Radio and has been honored by the Midwest Broadcast Journalists Association and the Iowa Broadcast News Association for excellence in public affairs journalism. You can hear this edition of ROI and many previous programs in this series by visiting Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, plus Apple Podcasts. ROI airs Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. on KALA HD2 and can also be heard at 106.1 FM in the Metropolitan Quad City area. You can stream this show every Friday night at TuneIn.com. Search for KALA HD2. This concludes our 454th show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. Our producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And the theme song for our show is titled Kayla's Theme and was written and performed by Mark Zapsapital. My name is Jay Swords. We'd like to thank our guests, Brett Menard, Terry Toppler, and yours truly. We've been talking about a lit circle that we did on Michael Sandel's book, The Tyranny of Merit. Our history buffs were, of course, Brett and Terry. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotza Pula Nala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night. Good night.